Hello and welcome to the Monday, October 3rd, 2016 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Honolulu, Hawaii. Just published a quick summary of some of the attacks we are currently seeing against DVRs, given all the emphasis in the last week about denial of service attacks against DVRs. Nothing really all that great and new about it. They're still using standard default passwords, accessing the DVR via Telnet and getting in that way. Not just actually port 23, also port 2323 is being scanned by these bots, probably looking for a couple of DVRs that's just looking, listening on off ports. The big problem here are of course home users, not so much enterprise networks, but it's the small network that of course don't have a lot of controls. So really things like IDS signatures and such don't really make a lot of sense for uh, this kind of threat. Probably best if you're worried about this uh, to scan your network yourself, figuring out if you have any telnet servers that you didn't expect. In many cases, it's not obvious from the GUI that you have with your DVR that it has a telnet server listening. So uh, that can be somewhat deceiving. And also, we're talking here about security camera DVRs, not the ones that you typically use to record TV shows. These DVRs are often exposed to remote monitor uh, these uh, DVRs or the security video images. So uh, that's usually how the Telnet server gets exposed. Uh, the DVR itself often uses also UPnP to auto-configure firewalls. And of course, on that note, it's also not just these DVRs, it's also cameras themselves if they do have an IP address. And Xavier wrote up the latest malicious word file that he came across. Uh, this one sort of attracted his attention because it did use a URL in the user agent, which of course is rather unusual. Looking for unusual user agents is always a good thing to spot some of these exploit. Uh, this particular malware would then exfiltrate credentials to the attacker. Another lesson learned here, whenever you find malware on a system, be ready to reset passwords on the system because yes, that's what malware usually does. It does steal your credentials if it can get a hold of them. And remember how many of these kernel mode drivers we have already patched in Windows every month. Whenever there's a patch Tuesday, there are some vulnerabilities being addressed in drivers. Well, things don't get better if random game vendors do invent their own drivers in order to prevent cheating in the game. The latest one here is Capcom for Street Fighter V. With the last update, they did release an anti-cheat feature that installs itself as a driver, but does allow access from a regular user who can then actually execute code within the kernel. So classic privilege escalation here. Not much you can do other than uninstall the game. And Apple announced that it will follow Firefox's or Mozilla's lead in distrusting the bosine-free SSL certificate authority. But to make things a little bit easier on users of these certificate authorities, and uh, there are many of them, if your certificate was issued before September 19th, it will continue 
should be trusted as long as the certificate has been published to common certificate transparency lists. So this should lessen the impact a little bit, but you should not get any new certificates from WarSign or Start SSL as a result. Now, one interesting little tidbit here is that uh, Vosign was accused of backdating certificates. Uh, that's also why Apple requires that if your certificate was issued before September 19th, it has to show up in a certificate transparency log in order uh, to prevent backdating of future certificates. Researchers at Stanford University did release an interesting tool that shows some of the dangers of clicking on links on Twitter to your anonymity. Essentially what they did is they did build a Chrome browser plugin that does collect similar information that advertisers would be able to collect if you're clicking on links on Twitter and you're then ending up on the respective websites. And then they also profiled millions of Twitter users given the public Twitter profiles. So what they can then correlate is if you're clicking on a certain set of links, then they can check who posted those links and uh, given all the URL shorteners and such, making these links actually pretty unique, they are then able to deduct which user is friend with all of uh, these Twitter postings that uh, did actually get clicked on. So interesting concept and of course, whenever you have these large data collections, Anonymity is usually relatively easy to pierce because every user ends up being unique in the Twitter feeds they subscribe to and of course the links they prefer to click on. Well and with that, thanks for listening and if you decide not to go offline, talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.